Welcome to the Marvelous Post Flip Podcast, the podcast and all things Marvel on the Fangirl Zone. I'm Sean Fangirl S. I'm Steve. And I'm Mischievous Dave. Today we're talking about episode five of Loki titled Journey into Mystery, written by Tom Kaufman and directed, directed, directed <laughs> by Kate Heron. <laughs> that sounded like a different timeline we were sliding into. Yes, it was like three over. <laughs> <laughs> They're starting to merge. Oh, my God. Okay, so let's get our initial reactions. Steve, what did you think about this episode? They seem to keep getting better. I really like this episode. This was a lot of fun. It was nice to have Mobius back like I thought he might be. Yeah. All the Easter eggs in this episode were just amazing. And Dave. Once- <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Dave, did you have a comment about Steve's reaction to the Easter eggs before he goes on? <laughs> like we shared messenger, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> These two, in case you guys haven't noticed, always find the stuff that I can't. And I swear, I am pausing. I am rewinding. <laughs> And still, these two find stuff that I didn't see. So I'm sorry. I just didn't know if Dave wanted to throw something in about your Easter eggs. But go ahead, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) And we got the two Lokis closer together. Not yet quite wanting to say something romantic to each other, but you Uh could kind of see it in their eyes. (laughs) Yeah, I I still hope so. I still hope Uh, so. They say no, but always get lied to. Yeah, not like Marvel hasn't messed with all of us before. Right. So, Dave, what are your initial reactions for this episode? Oh, God, I really enjoyed it. I gave it five out of five floating ball-headed chicken things. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't figure out what the hell it was. I'm watching those things. Yeah, another terrific episode. I wouldn't call them plot holes. They were like convenient coincidences who cares right okay it's still fun very fun now i'm gonna be sad that it's all coming to an ending right that's the thing i can't believe this is like the second to last episode it's like no yeah kind of a bummer i feel they definitely could have gone on i mean we don't have any idea what the last episode's bringing but i think everybody wanted more loki anyway oh yeah yeah the effects have been amazing yes so i really like this one yeah that weird chicken i don't know what it is (laughs) creature without a head (laughs) it reminds me of a cartoon and i cannot remember what cartoon it's like they were little kind of quail things and it had like a thing sticking up on its head and a little ball i don't know i I remember that too i can't oh thank you (laughs) i I like did i make this up in my head i know it too and just like all the little things there were so many like like I said, I had to pause, I rewound. It's like, wait, what is that? Hold on. Wait, what? Yeah. So there was a lot of that happening. And I think that a lot of throwbacks to the comic I thought were pretty awesome. So it just makes me think, all right, how are they going to pull all of this together? And is it somehow, obviously, we're going to get with uh, Doctor Strange at some point, And this has all got to come into play, at least in my mind. But is this somehow going to lead to everything being tied together? Because of leaks on Twitter, which I don't know if I should Uh mention. I don't know if I should mention it here yet, but I'm going to because, spoiler, (laughs) Hugh Jackman has been releasing photos and he's looking like Wolverine again. Uh oh. (laughs) So I'm like, is this all somehow going to throw in? Is it going to wait until like Doctor Strange? So I'm like super excited and literally was like bouncing in my seat with this episode because I'm like, yes, 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 it's great. (laughs) And then the memes again, everybody on the interwebs have been on point with their memes. 
out of these episodes. So kudos to you. And I want to say really quick, this is Black Widow opening weekend. So I'm excited we're getting a Marvel movie in theaters again that yes. apparently has a pretty decent after credit scene since they did not give us any after credit scenes here. Nope. But I will be waiting with bated breath. All right. Shall we get into the episode? Okay. Loki tries to escape the void, a desolate purgatory where he meets variant versions of himself. We open on a revolving shot through the Time Variance Authority that takes us through the chambers of the timekeepers now revealed to be frauds, mechanical frauds, and the smoke and mirror transports us to another location completely, a wasteland of objects scattered around across time and space. In episode four, post-credit sequence, the ruins of Stark Tower could be glimpsed in the background behind Richard E. Grant and his fellow Lokis. But this episode provides a closer look, revealing an Easter egg inside the Easter egg to phrase Mobius. Instead of the usual Stark of Avengers logo, the tower is clearly adorned with Kang, which is a nod to Kang Enterprises, the company Tony Stark sold his famous tower to in a 2015 Avengers comic run. The Kang CEO was a mysterious Mr. Griffon, an alter ego of Kang the Conqueror who became trapped in 21st century Earth. Oh hey, my like god, us. I didn't <laughs> see that. Oh, you didn't see it? Uh, no. Oh, see, that's why I said I'm watching it again when we're done. Yeah. There's just so, after finding the Easter eggs, or I should say after you guys have found Easter eggs, I'll go back and see if I can see them. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. That's so crazy. Okay, where was I? I moved my finger. <laughs> <laughs> it's here where we find Loki post-pruned, meeting four other variant classic Loki, Richard E. Grant, Kid Loki, Jack Veal, Boastful Loki, Daobia Opari, and Alligator Loki. <laughs> uh, excuse me, what is the alligator's name? Kidding. I don't know. Did she say <laughs> He growls a lot. <laughs> no, I've seen it. They I, no, I, I like how he jumps. We get to see him jump. I've seen a real alligator jump. Did I tell you about that down in New Orleans? A guy hung a, uh, he goes, first of all, keep all your hands and legs inside the boat. Yes. And then he sticks out a marshmallow. And then this alligator jumps out of the water and grabs a marshmallow. Holy crap. Uh, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A marshmallow isn't that big. I no. like I keep my fingers. <laughs> I know there's some place down in Florida that does it with like chicken, but the ch- <laughs> chicken is like out on a pole. So it's not even like, oh, look how close I can get. That would scare the hell out of me. And he was in the same boat as you? Yeah, maybe no. (laughs) So the quartet welcome into his new home, The Void, and a new enemy, Eliath, a giant purple smoke monster looming in the distance. It would seem the TVA has been pruning the lost island, judging by the show's new monster. (laughs) I was thinking He's got a hatch, too. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. Smokey, the hatch. (laughs) Just need the letters going through a tube and popping up in the middle of nowhere, which is pretty much what happened, too. (laughs) Yeah. Indeed, the biggest problem Loki faces in the void isn't the bad weather or crushing existential self-doubt. It's the realm's guard dog designed explicitly to prevent any prune variants from escaping. Or is he? Yeah. This bad-tempered monster comes in the form of Eliath, a smoky and destructive cloud capable of chewing through whatever the TVA throws in its path. In Marvel Comics, Eliath is simply a purple-hued cloud with red eyes, and he debuted in 1993 as a rival to Kang the Conqueror. Or the Kangster. Unbound by time, Eliath boasts a massive temporal empire, but his MCU counterpart seems to be more of a mindless villain, at least for now. Right. We'll see. Okay, yeah. so everything is pointing to Kang. Yep, right now but it sure seems that way. So there's a giant was rug pointing to Mephisto. Out. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I trust nothing. Nope. I've watched too much Stephen Moffat. I do not believe anything. It's misdirection. So 
back at the TVA, Sylvie has taken Ravona Renslayer captive and ended up back in the courtroom. How did they end up there? That's a pretty big leap from where they were. Right. Kind of feel like Sylvie had the upper hand if they stayed up in the timekeepers area. But Mm. Renslayer claims ignorance on who the true monsters of the organization are. Yeah. Okay. I don't believe you. No. (laughs) And she does reveal, though, that Loki isn't dead yet. It's like, wait, what? And I think Sylvie even stopped like, do I listen? Yeah. But anyone who's pruned is sent to the void. Boy, that just sounds really ominous. A place at the end of time where everything stopped and no variants can continue to grow timeline branches. Sylvie seems to eh, tepidly trust Renslayer upon getting this intel. And she gives her her temp pad back, which I don't know if I would have done that either, though. Right. Yeah, I'm just going to hold on to this because I could send your butt there or something. But. They're going to, quote, unquote, work together to get Loki back. See, I I don't believe anything because we're coming out of her mouth. No, (laughs) she needed to get slapped and like stabbed in the shoulder. I don't know. Maybe she would have been more forthcoming. (laughs) I am not happy with her. And if it turns out that it's somehow her this whole time, I'm like going to lose all faith in Marvel. I'm telling you. Oh, Well, I kind of think this episode proved that it wasn't Ravona behind all this just because of everything she's having to look up well, and something B20 says to her later. How much was true? Yeah. Well, she wasn't know. doing it all. I mean, yeah, the part with Sylvie definitely was a bunch of BS, but later on she does go in and try to get some information. Oh, that's true. That's true. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Mm. So we go back to the void where Loki is absolutely flummoxed as he walks along the void with his new friends as this new reality is a step too far, even compared to everything he's experienced in the series so far. But it's old news to the other variants as they describe Alaroth as the shark in the proverbial shark tank, making sure nothing leaves here. It likes just eating. (laughs) (laughs) They're all Lokis at the end of the day, though, laughing in the face of Loki when he Proposes several escape plans. <laughs> that was cold. Yeah, I love <laughs> that they're mean. drinking, was it rock tart wine too? Yeah. As Out a, of a box. Yeah. As I'm quint- telling you, poor Loki. <laughs> as the quintet of Lokis traverse the dim grasslands of the void, several large stone heads can be spotted protruding from the planet. Now, one of these belongs to Ant-Man villain Yellow Jacket. Yellow Jacket was dealt a subatomic crushing at the hands of Scott Lang and hasn't been spotted since. So he comes back as a, a great stone head? Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, weird. I was trying to figure out the head. I don't know how you guys are finding this stuff. <laughs> it was a stone head that had a veil or like a hood over its face. Can right. I see that one? Yeah, saw that one too. Couldn't figure out what that one was. Yeah. Don't get it. While the gigantic dimensions of this Loki Easter egg can almost certainly be attributed to the size-altering capabilities of Yellow Jacket's suit, there are several ways it might have wound up populating the void. Either a variant Yellow Jacket was pinched by the TVA, or the original Yellow Jacket crossed the quantum realm to reach the end of time itself. Yeah, way to go on that one then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another Easter egg in this episode is the remains of the Thanos copter. God. I love that. Yes. <laughs> I had to rewind because Jason didn't catch it because he was watching. Right, like, yeah. Wait, what? 
<laughs> oh, Jason. And then yeah. I had to pull up the picture from the comic. <laughs> oh, I know. That was so bad. Yeah. Sitting in the void world, the dilapidated ruins of a garish yellow helicopter with Thanos emblazoned on the side can be seen. This is a direct nod to the Thanos copter, which made a brief ill-advised appearance in 1979 as the Mad Titan's favorite mode of transport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ill-advised. Cringeworthy. <laughs> yes. The sight of a major Marvel baddie bumbling around in a helicopter was widely mocked by readers and has since been consigned to the trash can of quirky forgotten failed experiment. In a fun twist of fortune, it seems at least one Thanos variant built himself a chopper and was denied by the TVA. <laughs> That's one pruning we can all get behind. <laughs> yep. Now, Kid Loki is revealed to be their leader, having shown his bloodthirstiness in his Nexus event of killing Thor. And he has a throne fit for a king, displayed in an impressive underground bunker that all the Lokis head off to. Which is what any kid would do. Of course! <laughs> it looks like a, a kid's castle, if you yeah. were the king. <laughs> so, back to uh, Sylvie and Ravona. Sylvie brainstorms that whoever's behind a TVA is a obscure through the void as it's the perfect place to start nexus events and not get detected she suggests they fly into the void with Renslayer green they use a spaceship not a helicopter right. specifically designed <laughs> to handle temporal energy but their partnership is short-lived as sylvie realizes the judge's offer is too good to be true man she she's almost a loki herself either she's learned all this lying through loki's or would she fit her for a, a cap with horns sticking out of it? Right. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Miss Minutes is the one who's came up with it really quick. Yeah. I'm yeah. starting But then to couldn't find the information on it, so. Still <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I'm starting to wonder <laughs> if Miss Minutes is almost like the mouthpiece, too, of whoever's behind everything. Yeah. Well, almost on cue, uh, Sylvie goes into hiding as several TVA Minutemen charge in. Traitor? Not you, Sylvie. So Renslayer is back <laughs> in charge. Sylvie toys with her, asking if she really felt betrayed by whoever her bosses are. With that, the Asgardian prunes herself, sending herself into the void. Even though blinking an eye, Renslayer lies that she's dead and out of their hair. Man, she just how can't does, stop. <laughs> how does nobody like question what she's talking about, though? Right. I mean, these people can't be so like brainwashed um yeah, I know. <laughs> like i'm like trying to find the right word it's like or are they just like a run slayer is almost like personal bodyguard so like they won't question anything why not it just seems so strange some people just follow uh, authority no matter how it's cloaked yeah <laughs> yeah that a little too close to home for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah well let's jump back to the void and i love this part this part i think it was three or four times i stopped to rewind right the camera pans down into the Loki's bowling alley layer, and the audience sees a cross-section of just a ton of debris buried beneath the void world. And what is with all of the plastic lunch trays? I mean, <laughs> and the juice boxes, apparently, straight from the TVA. It's like, what is going on? That's a hell of a lot of lunch trays, is all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> and I kept, like, trying to figure out, it's like, does this mean something? <laughs> <laughs> It's unlikely that the organization's own lunch equipment was in violation of the time variance law, but perhaps the Minutemen and analysts got lazy and started pruning their trash instead of disposing of it properly. I kind of wish we'd have seen, was it the whole cart disappear that B20 had done when she was going after Loki? Right. 
It's like, just kind of wish you seen that kind of like rolling along or something. <laughs> My crazy brain thought it might have been the uh, from the original Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire when he gets the uh, lunch tray stuck on his, his hand. Yeah. His spider webbing. <laughs> oh, you know what? No, that would be good because that kind of plays into what I'm thinking that could possibly happen. Oh. Yeah, see, we're thinking alike, kind of. <laughs> That's scary. Yes. You should run. But not all of the discarded remnants inside the void are worthless TVA lunch trays. We see in the dirt, which this kind of threw me, Thor's famous hammer, Molnir. And it's not clear whether the hammer itself became a variant or if it goes along with what kind of was next to it, in my opinion. But maybe Molnir was just simply consigned to the void along with the other variants of Asgard. I mean, it could be from Kid Loki because he killed Thor in his time, right? Right. Yeah. But there was something that I had mentioned, I think, last episode. <laughs> I think it was last one. Yep. We happened to see a jar. And I'm like, what the hell is bouncing around in it? This is what <laughs> took me so many times I had to stop and rewind and stop and rewind. We see Throg, which if you don't know what that is, it is a combination of a frog and, yes, Thor, the god of thunder. Because apparently at some point Loki turns Thor into a frog and then they did a whole, at least, I don't want to say a whole series, but at least one full comic with him like that. <laughs> but I'm like, is that him? Because at first we thought it was just like a really tiny Thor. I'm like, no, oh my God, it's yeah. the frog. I'm like, that is awesome. I don't know why I thought that was the best thing. Because probably it's the one thing I found. Right. <laughs> You guys found all the rest. I'm like, oh, look, it's the frog. Simon Walterson was a human transferred into a frog by magic. Apparently, this is in one of the other comics. And he was granted the powers of Thor after picking up Molnir. So I thought there was two different versions, unless I was reading about the actual, like, Loki doing that to Thor in the Norse mythology. Right. But all I know is there was an actual, I the picture, if you haven't seen frog thor from the comics you should look it up because he's even got the little chest plate <laughs> nice. and the little helmet it's just so cute and weird but it goes perfect with alligator loki come on but i mean obviously he's a variant right maybe he could fall in really well with what if right in yeah. loki's throg seed we see a jar of asgard and vivian is labeled t365 Every time I see the numbers, I'm like, oh, my God, that means something. Yep. <laughs> and now Jason's starting to question all the numbers, by the way. Good. What does that number mean? I'm like, I don't know. Look it up. This serves as a reference to 1986, Thor 365, in which Throg made his comic book debut. Descending into Loki's predictably electric headquarters, the four variants are helping themselves to a box of Roxy wine. Like I said, our Loki looked really distraught that he was drinking boxed wine yes <laughs> but heck even the alligator was enjoying some boxed wine i thought that was pretty funny at least he wasn't like bathing in it but right roxy wine is a callback <laughs> to a previous loki at easter egg the rocks cart mall sylvie was found hiding in roxon corporation was well known in marvel comic lore and their presence has been teased in the MCU as far back as iron man solo movies which this drives me crazy because i literally do not remember that now, again, I'm going to have to do a whole Marvel rewatch. <laughs> Loki continues to imply the company will become more influential in Earth's future. Back, I'm assuming, all in the comics because he wasn't in Iron Man. 
Loki is somewhat of a running gag with limited edition or discontinued short-lived drinks from the eras gone by. Because we have seen thus far Movius and his Jastacola. Then Casey was spotted guzzling down a Boku juice. And now we see Kid Loki has somehow managed to score Echo Cooler High C Punch. Which, <laughs> if memory serves, that stuff was kind of disgusting. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of um, tasted like uh, Slimer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, quote, tasty beverage, not in my opinion, but it was released in 1989, and it was a tie-in with the real Ghostbusters. I do want to say this isn't in there, at least I didn't catch it, with all of this weird stuff disappearing. I don't know if you guys remember the video game for Atari that was called E.T., the extraterrestrial. That was like a horrible video game. It was just really bad. But... By the way, there's like, I think, a, a documentary about the making of this game and what happened to it. Right. So look it up. <laughs> but I would really love to know if anybody happened to see a bunch of the cartridges in this, because that would just be perfect. Because what they did to get rid of the game, they literally dug a giant hole and buried them. <laughs> yep. I owned this game, too. <laughs> but. I think it would be perfect in there. So if anybody's seen that, please let us know. Just because I think that would be like the perfect Easter egg. That has nothing to do with anything really, but reality being really weird. So Yeah, there was a, also another Easter egg to a video game that never got released. And I can't re recall the name of it, but you see it as there as classic Loki is telling his story. It's just right behind over the over his shoulder. And yeah, I noticed that. Oh, yeah, I saw it. Yeah. What oh, kind my of game gosh. was that? And it was like, oh, no. <laughs> and I read somewhere uh, where it was one that never, ever saw the day of light. It was so bad. <laughs> it was it began with a P, like previous yeah. or I've forgotten. Well, down the rabbit hole I'll be going today. <laughs> Let's talk about Boastful Loki. True to his name, describes his Nexus event and how he was getting all the Infinity Stones and nobody believed him. Not even Alligator Loki. No. <laughs> Classic Loki is the closest to what we're all familiar with with MCU. Obviously, the costume is. But in his version, the Avengers Infinity War, instead of trying to stab Thanos, he faked his death and disguised himself as a piece of debris, floating aimlessly in space, eventually self-isolating on a planet. And he was all good until he got lonely and tried to get off the planet. And that's when the TVA decided to step in. I'm kind of surprised they let him live as long as he did then. Right. Well, he wasn't causing any problems on a isolated planet. So Yeah, really. As soon as he said, oh, I think I need to have some company and get off this planet. Well, too late. You should have been dead. Now you are. <laughs> and what I thought was interesting, he said everything always went like right for him. Right. And every he got along with everybody and he wasn't like the crazy mischievous Loki that we know. So I feel like our Loki kind of listened to him and looked at him and looked a little sad. He's like, wait, like you yeah. knew everybody? You you were friends with people? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. That's what makes him a variant. Yeah, right? So they all decide to toast to the god of outcasts. And our Loki refuses to sit idly by. Big surprise. He's going to leave the bunker. And he's going to do something. And he's going to. He's going to make things right. And of course, they all laugh at him. But as he's about to leave the bunker, 
this is when we finally get the shot that we've been seeing in the previews that's been making me crazy. I'm like, when are we going to see that? He's going to go get Sylvie and get the TVA and take him down. But he opens up the hatch and there's all of the other Lokis, <laughs> which I don't know because I did not go through all the credits including foreign credit, if they named what everyone was. Yeah. Does anyone know? I didn't see it. (laughs) Of course. Because those were great. Yeah. On mine, it just, they shrink the screen down and give you a Falcon and the Winter Soldier. (laughs) Yeah. Watch this next. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I've already watched it. Yeah. (laughs) Keep watching it. (laughs) So instead of finding out about all these other Loki variants, we go further outside the void as Sylvie comes to in a desiccated school bus. I wonder if that was the you magic school I, bus. <laughs> I thought of that school bus that young Clark Kent didn't rescue in right, the most recent yeah. Superman movie. <laughs> Crossover. Yep. And she's able to get out just as Ella comes a calling. But notably, as she gets caught up in the smoke, she gets a glimpse at some sort of medieval building. And she's saved from extermination, though, by a pizza truck containing Mobius. He's back. And I mean, a, that was pretty convenient, too. Yes, I didn't absolutely. like it, but it was pretty convenient. Yeah, in a beautiful case of Easter egg crossover, Mobius rides to Sylvia's rescue in a pruned pizza truck, though not exactly the <laughs> same. Pruning the, a pizza truck. Yeah. <laughs> the design is a close echo of the famous Pizza Planet truck that debuted in Toy Story and has become a recurring Pixar Easter egg ever since. The slice on the roof replaces the rocket, and the vehicle shape isn't completely unlike Pixar's well-worn delivery van. As if the Pizza Planet illusion wasn't enough of an Easter egg, the interior of the truck Mobius commandeers has a hula girl decoration on the dashboard. Now, while this is a relatively common sight in certain parts of the world, the South, (laughs) (laughs) the item has appeared in a host of MCU releases. First came... The name that shall not be, (laughs) the show that shall not be canon anymore, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., tied into the Tahiti program that revived Phil Coulson after he was killed by Loki in the Avengers. And then the same figurine was glimpsed in WandaVision when Darcy and Vision teamed up to hijack a truck. It's a miracle Mobius' pizza truck moves as fast as it does, considering it was burdened with so many glorious Easter eggs. (laughs) When the vehicle is parked during the episode's Aloth confrontation, the camera briefly shows the registration as GRNW1D. And this would be a love letter to Mark Grinwald, the Marvel comic book writer who not only served as the physical basis for Mobius in Mobius, but who also created Aloth in the 90s. Grunwald has already been referenced in Loki with Episodes 2 Renaissance Fair taking place in the writer's birthplace of Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Of course, inside the van, Mobius laments being tricked by the TVA, and he apologizes to Sylvie for hunting her down her entire life, and the two seem to form a truce. (laughs) Until Sylvia directs Mobius back into the storm, hoping to succeed in her mission of finding out what's behind the void. Mobius like was not wanting to have anything to do with that. <laughs> yeah, turn what around? <laughs> yeah. These guys should be friends, though. They all have a common cause. Yep. Meanwhile, the bunker has been invaded by President Loki and his army of variants. So goofy. Yeah. It turns out the boastful Loki sold out their location in exchange for the throne. How could he buy that? Is he stupid? Right. He's a Loki. <laughs> he Loki. should know better. Yeah. 
Apparently true Loki fashion. Yeah, the Loki in chief double crosses and intending to take the throne for himself. In another twist, the army of Lokis turned on their commander, causing a Loki on Loki brouhaha. They <laughs> <laughs> should have had, what was that comic? Not Monty Python, but the other one with the silly music he used to play at the end. They all ran around chasing each other. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Benny Hill. Benny Hill. Yes. Yeah, that would have been awesome. And Mr. Chaos, Loki, classic Loki, Kid Loki, and Reptile Loki. I mean, Alligator Loki, excuse me. <laughs> as the other variants lament, I don't want him to bite my hand off. As the yeah. other variants lamenting the brokenness and inability to change that comes with their persona, Loki comes up with a plan to kill Eliath and, and escape the void. It's easier said than done, though, as we see the monsters capable of swallowing up an entire ship and its crew in seconds. <laughs> that was just crazy. Yes. I remember, I listened to a, a lot of comments. They're like, oh, I haven't seen that movie. And I'm like, you haven't? Yeah, how oh, could you not? <laughs> the Philadelphia Experiment. Come on, the second major reveal. Real world mystery is in, inside the void as the USS Eldridge, which suddenly drops from the sky and is immediately devoured by the ever-hungry Eliath. The, the Eldridge was supposedly turned invisible as part of the Philadelphia Experiment, but now we know as part of the pesky TVA all along, or the Philadelphia Experiment. Worked. <laughs> right. And it had to be. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky, luckily, they find some reinforcement when they run into Mobius and Sylvie. After no hugs, I would hug her. After oh. a brief reunion, Sylvie immediately pokes holes in Loki's plan and suggests her own. Enchant Eliath and find out where the TBA creators really are. That sounds easy, too. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> the whole thing with the multi Lokis, I have to say, <laughs> when we had our Loki, like just kind of face palm, like, oh my God, I was like, these guys. Yeah. <laughs> that had to be the best. And then when, yeah, Alligator Loki takes a hand and yeah. they're like, why is he, why is there an alligator here? And yeah. <laughs> I think it was, was it Kid Loki or Classic Loki or both? They're like, he's a Loki. Just like saying it, like, what are you, dumb? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, do you not see the helmet? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I just thought that whole thing was great with the fight. Oh, fighting. yeah. It was like, hilarious uh, to that's watch why them I want to know where all the Lokis the are. Fight and not get hit or get involved <laughs> to I know. make their way out. <laughs> it's a very much just a Three Stooges thing when they just kind of like, yes. you know, I think I'll walk out this door. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, they're going to Scooby Doo, like tiptoe past <laughs> yeah. that guy. And I loved how we got a little glimpse of classic Loki's powers. Right. I don't know how many people really paid attention because, like, everything that was going on. But I'm like, wait, oh, oh, hey, look at, okay, I like how he's doing this. I got it. And it's like, why do I feel like that's going to be a big thing later? (laughs) Well, it was. Sneaky, Mm. sneaky. Let's go back to the TVA because, hey, you know who's popping back up? B-15. And Renslater goes to pay a visit. When she goes into the room, there's nobody there. I'm like, oh, did they put her in one of those loops? No, it is something even worse, it seems. Because she's just in like a red glowing kind of closet. Right. (laughs) She doesn't even get to relive anything. She just has to sit there because it looks like like lava lamp. (laughs) Yeah. That won't give you a headache or anything. Yeah. But B-15 is being questioned about what did Sylvie tell you? What did she do? What did she show you? It's like, I kind of wanted her to be all smart aleck and be like, why don't you let her show you? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But you freed her. You are a traitor. And B-15 decides to argue that, you know what? No, I'm not. Because the other employees deserve to know the truth about all of them being variants. And Renslayer wants none of it. She's like, the TVA needs stability right now. You know what? I don't think you're very stable right now, Renslayer. I think it's almost time for you to be pruned. Just throwing that out there. (laughs) And, of course, B-15 sees right through her, knowing that 
like Sylvie, you want to know who's behind everything. But then she decides to taunt her, which I loved because, like I said, Renslayer deserves all of it. She's like, listen, you're not going to find out what you want. Why? She's going to. Sylvie definitely is because you only want it. She needs it. And it's like you almost heard like the evil laugh as she like leaves her. It's like I feel like that was kind of like Yeah. I didn't find it particularly convincing. Like all you have to do is slam the door in her face. <laughs> yeah, okay, thanks, Beck. Slam. Back to your lava lamp. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's just it doesn't I don't think that moment landed. Not for me anyway. I feel like it's throwing her off more than uh we think. And it's just she doesn't know what to do and, and that's what's gonna make her screw up. Which yeah. I hope anyway. She's finally dealing with the unknown. Right. Yeah. Well, back in the void, the group waits out the execution of Sylvie's plan. She and Loki sit silently on a hill, eventually sharing a blanket in the face of a stiff breeze. That probably wasn't <laughs> the only thing that was stiff. Oh! oh. <laughs> More spear talk? Yes! <laughs> they bring up the reveal last episode that their Nexus event was falling in love, shrugging it off as yet another TVA lie. But it's clear neither one of them actually believed that as they continue to dance around their true feelings for each other and they sure did a lot of that loki promises sylvie he will not betray her in the final hour telling her he's not that person anymore i trust him (laughs) yeah i actually believed him too and no matter what happens once the tva gets taken down they're going to figure it out together okay i might trust our loki because of everything we've seen but i'm still questioning sylvie right you know what i'm afraid of i'm afraid he's gonna have to lie to her because i don't know something's gonna go wrong and he's gonna need to save her so he's gonna lie to her and then they'll have to break up and that's when i start throwing things around the (laughs) (laughs) it's then that the plan finally gets put in motion the variants choose to stay behind claiming the void is their home similarly loki wants to aid sylvie on her mission and that leaves mobius to go back to the tv alone ready to burn it to the ground well let's hope so i have a feeling he'll end up with b15 (laughs) yeah it's here he bids farewell to loki thanking him for his camaraderie and spark of truth the two men surprisingly hug a symbol of how much their short-lived connection means to each other thought that that was so cute yes that was awesome yeah because he wasn't going to and then i think loki realizes okay you know what things could go very wrong so let me do this because i actually had a connection but then when we see mobius look at sylvie and (laughs) do the you're my favorite and she smiles i'm like oh that's so cute i do want to say too when they were sitting there and he conjures up the blanket and she's like well you can conjure me up something else to wear i thought he was gonna pull up like asgardian clothes like a toga basically like here you can have this like i was waiting for something smart alec i still don't feel like it's love with them i mean i feel there's a connection but i it doesn't have to be like love no, it could she, be uh, brothers and sister. I think she, he's still a little intimidated by her, too. Oh, <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to be smart. <laughs> there is no doubt about that. <laughs> anyway, as Team Loki gather to take on the intimidating Elias, a large metallic structure can be spotted to the left of the shop, below the hill where the heroes are standing upon. This looks suspiciously like Ronan the Accuser's vessel from Guardians of the Galaxy, the Dark Aster. That's an awesome name. Which was destroyed during the, battle of, the <laughs> battle of Xandar. 
Rona must have deviated from the timeline at some point, forcing the TVA to step in and prune the space cap, thereby ensuring Guardians of the Galaxy went ahead as planned. Yeah, it's all coming together. <laughs> also on the battlefield during the climatic clash of Journey into Mystery is another stone head, but this one brings major ramifications for the MCU. The multi-faced statue has one side covered, and the other side, which is a, a design virtually identical to the Living Tribunal from Marvel's comic lore, another cosmic time-defying entity, the Living Tribunal is essentially the protector of balance and the multiverse stepping in when a single force gets too big for its boots and threatens to destabilize reality. Jeez, there is no end to their pantheon. No. He's <laughs> <laughs> the TVA's timekeeper's only real that the TVA has pruned a statue dedicated to the, the Living Tribunal might have suggested they're looking to erase any mention of the multiverse real omniscient guardian. Yeah, maybe so. The instantly recognizable design of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s helicarriers was traditional made for a, a greatest drag with Deadpool, even using one of these as a base a setting for its final battle. Another down hel- helicarrier can be found on Loki's Void Realm, once again while Loki and Sylvia are taking on Elias. There are any number of ways S.H.I.E.L.D.'s antics might have upset the, the TVA. Holy <laughs> sh- Definitely. <laughs> I'm surprised not to see the whole gang sh- yeah, I know. show up. I think I'd do an entire episode with that. Loki's latest Easter egg extravaganza wouldn't be complete without some deep cuts into North mythology. Before this fateful mission to escape the Void, Loki received a golden blade from Kid Loki. When Sylvie needs a distraction to enchant Eliath, Loki sets his small sword aflame, and now I want that, waving yeah. it around like a red rag to a temporal bull. This image could have been inspired by the mythological Norse weapon. Oh gosh, how do I pronounce this? Leviathan? Leviathan? I guess? Anyway, which was forged by Loki himself, and in some descriptions is said to possess a burning blade. But the monster isn't going for it, making a beeline for Sylvie. That's because she had him by the tail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one all seems lost. Elias eyes wander into something new, an entire illusory Asgard conjured by classic Loki. I heard somebody, I forgot who it was, mention when he was alone on his own little planet right that he might have lived in a an asgard an illusory asgard there oh absolutely that, oh yeah that's kind of a neat when idea it first started coming up jason was like is that the emerald city yeah <laughs> yes like, it is no not exactly <laughs> Got to get into a little movie trivia while he's at it. As, <laughs> as the variant gets swallowed up, laughing in an excitation is enough to save Sylvie. And I don't think we've seen the last of him. I refuse to let go. Holding Loki's hand, she's able to open him up to using enchantment magic. Together, they probe the mind of Elias, turning his purple smoke green. And you know what, Steve? What? I hope they... It's, it's probably too late for Stargirl, but I didn't like the Green Lantern effect right. in the first episode. Yeah. I hope they learn a lesson from this and say, wow, that's a lot of green effect. Yes. That is awesome. So I hope, hopefully Jade or the Green Lantern when they return in Stargirl, we get to see some more of this green fun. Yes, that would be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it would. Some of the fog clears to show the buildings Sylvie saw in her vision, the home of whoever created the TVA. Earlier in Journey into Mystery, Elias showed Sylvie a glimpse of the mysterious location that she believed wait, awaited beyond the veil of the void. Sometimes I, I think that Elias isn't a guardian, but a guard dog that has held, someone held prisoner there. Do you guys ever think that? Yeah, I thought that that was also a possibility. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like she kind of, Sylvie kind of said that, but she thought it was just, yeah, a guard dog, but like of whoever's back there. But yeah. I don't know what, I feel like whatever it eats kind of ends up back there. Think so? So I guess we're going to find out. Yeah. But yeah. maybe you have to go through like a whole bunch of horrible things first. Yeah. So Yeah. <laughs> Eaten by a life, you end up like the those messages in the tube on Lost Island. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, Eliatha obediently sits and reveals the path to the real timekeeper. And we'll know next week. Yeah, we'll find Kang sure. the Conqueror remains everyone's chief suspect in the castle of the scene at the end of the void. Could form part of the villain's comic book Citadel, which serves as his base of operations as the Quantum Emperor. A lot to take know. on. Yes. I don't know. I yeah, don't know I'm how not... they're going to tie it up. Yeah, I'm not counting on it being Kang right now. <laughs> no? Uh-oh. I don't think so. I, I don't know why, but... It's too obvious. <laughs> yeah, I thought it might have been prisoner Loki. He accidentally prisons you know, imprisons right, himself but, there. Yeah, <laughs> that could be. Could I be will prison. tell you that yeah. classic Loki, when he was doing all this and running away, I was like 99% sure that that wasn't actually him. Like he was going to disappear and like him running was just an illusion too. Yeah, I hope yeah, so. I mean, done it before, right? Sure. But we've seen the helmet fall. So I'm assuming, yeah. but that would be weird. Why is it like you took everything else and left the helmet? <laughs> Glorious purpose. Right. <laughs> well, even when Elias took on the battleship, the ship stayed there. It was just all the people that were gone. Right. Oh, just organic matter. Could be. Interesting. Could be. Yeah. There was so much that happened, though. And I, I don't, I we kind of skipped, but I have to say, Mobius asking, are we sure that the alligator is really Loki? Right. <laughs> like he's like green. And he's then picked up and carried around by right. young Loki, like a pet. <laughs> but also, apparently, the alligator was praying because he thought we're all going to die. Yeah. There was just so much stuff with, like, it was great. But I think one of the best parts of this episode. So it had to be Mobius trying to like riddle out if alligator Loki could really be Loki or if it was a long con. And if it's a long con, then it has to be Loki. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just went totally Princess Bride like, oh, you really have a dizzying intellect. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> this was just so fun, though, with everything that happened. And I don't know. I kind of wanted for some reason, like alligator Loki to turn into like big giant Godzilla like Loki and like go after <laughs> Eliath too. <laughs> I mean, he's got powers, right? Right. They all do. Why yeah. aren't they using them? Uh, I know people online were calling him King Loki Finoki. <laughs> Loki Finoki. Because the alligator is awesome. And yes, they even had a cake, apparently, at one point in the shape of an alligator with the horns, like <laughs> on set. So right. <laughs> there's so much stupidly awesome stuff happening in this. Like, I just love it all i have a different theory but okay. you will have to listen to my theory of who i could be <laughs> in my closing okay <laughs> <laughs> well we'd love to hear your thoughts on each and every episode this season go to www.fangirlzone.com and click on the contact link where you will find several ways to contact us via email or through social media Please review and rate us on iTunes and any other platform you use for your podcast. With good ratings and reviews, it helps other fans of the show find us, as there are plenty of other Marvel podcasts out there. Tell your friends, and I hope you're enjoying our podcast. And don't forget to check out the other great Fangirl Zone podcasts. Like Steve said, go to www.fangirlzone.com. You can check out our contacts page. It's the easiest way to find us. But you can find all of our other podcasts there. We are sitting on close to 30 different podcasts right now with our network. And we are so excited. We want you all to contact us at contact us at fangirlzone.com. We want to know your theories, your ideas, your comments on this. Does anybody like King Oki Finoki Loki? But let us know. And for this episode of the Marvelous Post Blip Podcast, I'm Steve. Us is a child, us in the future, and us is an alligator. It's best not to question it. <laughs> I'm Sean Fangirl S, and tune in next week to find out 
Who's the big bad in this episode? Is it King? Is it Mephisto? Is it Mojo from Marvel's X-Men in a way to bring in the rest of the universe? Tune in to find out. You need your own outro music with that one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And this is Mischievous Dave. And excuse me, I have a throg in my throat. (laughs) (laughs) There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone.